Cherry Hill Volvo, we have absolutely incredible offers and a plethora of both new and certified Volvos from which to choose. We are eager to offer amazingly competitive prices, plus an additional $1,000 Costco discount on all new Cherry Hill Volvos. When leasing or purchasing a new or certified Cherry Hill Volvo, you become a valued part of our team. Join Cherry Hill Volvo for the pricing and attention you deserve. I am Judith Krepnick, president of Cherry Hill Volvo. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. WPHD, WPHD, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The revolution will be broadcast. This is the next generation of talk. Now, this is the drive at 5.30 minutes of non-stop talk with Rich Zioli. This is the Rich Zioli Show. Welcome and thank you for joining me. Thank you for spending some time here with us at 1210 WPHT. Lou Pate here with you. In for Rich. Henry is producing the show. We hope you all had a wonderful Thanksgiving. And if you're fortunate, you uh, get a four-day weekend. Uh, That does not happen for Henry and I, but we're glad to be here. I'm always glad to be here. It's been a few months since I've been back here on 1210 WPHT. And then we um, had to wait patiently for the basketball game. Sad sad conclusion tonight, though. Ten-point blowout to Butler of all... uh, all teams, but there is hope because uh, the Penn State team's rebuilding. So uh, for all you fans out there, it's uh, it's not it's not all lost. Yeah, no one ever wants to lose, but trust me, better days are ahead. And today is just you know kind of the growing pains you have to go through when you're rebuilding a team. So uh, but keep your Keep it here for when the games are played here. We always uh, like to entertain the folks. It's not always talk radio. Sometimes it's sports, so that's cool. But uh, Henry's here. He had a great Thanksgiving. I had a great Thanksgiving. You're out there, 855-839-1210, if you're so inclined to take part in the show. Rich will be back on Monday. If you want to email me directly, which many of you do, it's amazing. Over the course of the last couple of months, people email me just to say, hello, how you doing? Where are you on? Want to listen? So that's cool. So I, I like to communicate with you, lupate at gmail.com. I was on yesterday out of a station that broadcasts out of Brisbane, Australia. <laughs> Believe it or not, I've been doing a lot of shows there and a lot of guest appearances uh, they're pretty cool, actually. Um, well, I, listen, folks, you, I, I don't know what to tell you. The, uh, the, the American stations won't hire me, so I, I got to go international. <laughs> it's really actually interesting to see how 
it's handled differently, not only in a different con different continent. It's crazy. Um, but yeah, it's been fun. It's been fun. So uh, for those of you who keep in touch with me, um, I'll let you know when I'm going to be on there. Again, I'm not going to promote it here, but that would that would be uh, shameful. But uh, I'll let you know. Uh, Twitter, at Lou Pate Show. You can... Uh, uh, hear my musings there, which pretty harsh at times. I tell the truth, but listen, there's a lot to get to, and I went, and we're short on time because we we lost like an hour and twenty minutes. But uh, we'll always we'll always split time for our uh, local sports franchises. No problem there. Um, listen, uh, I want to get into a lot of things here. Okay, we're going to be talking about something called the Ben Gurion canal it's very important as pertains to what's going on between israel and hamas now don't, don't click off your radio this affects you you like goods and services you like trade you like your merchandise to be able to be delivered to you depending on what part of the world it is coming from you will want to hear about this it's very important we're also going to be talking about the the, the fact that there is no freedom of speech at all I announced I used to be for six years I was on a station in Denver I said it back then in 2008 that free speech is dead unless you agree with the masses we are now seeing those words come to fruition we're going to talk extensively about that voter fraud of course another Democrat operative uh, caught going to jail voter fraud in the state of Iowa unbelievable <laughs> and this is the wife the wife of an Iowa County supervisor was convicted of 52 counts of voter fraud just a couple of days ago and uh, faces a few years in jail five years in jail so what you have to do it's amazing to see that our laws are actually being enforced somewhere because certainly they're not being enforced in most places if you are a democrat so the world has spiraled out of control the united states i should say has spiraled out of control lawlessness corruption um, christopher ray the fbi director is a criminal Merrick Garland is a criminal, the Attorney General of the United States, the latter name. Um, our senators, our congressmen and women, not all of them, but many of them are criminals. Adam Schiff, Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, the list, the list goes on. And I can name the crimes they have committed. This is not just words coming out, oh, you're angry, so you say this, that. No, they are criminals. Nancy Pelosi has broken the law, belongs in jail. Joe Biden has broken the law. He, he's basically spied on his own country and sold secrets. We execute people for that in this country. So him and Hunter Biden, they should be sitting in old Sparky if, if investigated and convicted and found that they have turned on their country. Forget Supermax. Old Sparky is where they belong. But we'll get to all of that. There's just, there's just so much. But in, in relation to the Israeli-Hamas deal that's going to the war, um, I've not talked about it and I have not been on I've, been, I've talked about it just not here I've talked about it in other stations and networks But I want to talk to you to listeners to WPHT the Zioli army about this because there's a different angle that has come up First of all just a quick history October 7th the animals the terrorists that are Hamas slaughtered innocent women men and children raped women uh, Disgusting things babies in ovens. We've heard about it. We don't have to go over that. Okay, I stand with Israel. I stand with our ally. Okay. We can discuss, we can debate, we can have a spirited conversation about 
the land dispute, the Palestinians, this, that, and then the Israelis in 1948 and the end of World War One in 45, which led to the state of Israel being born again, and, and the whole history of the Seven Day War, 1967, Moshe Dayan, the whole nine yards. But the point is, I don't care where anybody stands on all of that stuff. What happened on October 7th is barbaric, okay? There is no excuse for it. And to all of these people who are suddenly caring about the Palestinian people, I say to you, where the were you on October 6th and every day before that when these people were living under terrorist rule, under Sharia law, where women are not allowed to learn to read, women can be executed without question, women can be beaten in the street without question, where were you then? So don't give me your fake... Yeah, under the guise of caring about the Palestinian people, really what it is is you hate Jews. If you're pro-Palestinian, you hate Jews. And you're pretending to care about the Palestinian people, saying, oh, I care about the Palestinian people. It's not Hamas. Of course I'm against terrorism. Boulder dash, poppycock. Just say what you mean, be an adult, and let's have the conversation. Because... If you truly cared about the Palestinian people, which is a legitimate cause, considering the conditions they live under, under Hamas and Hezbollah and Iran and so on and so forth, uh, to the north, you would have been speaking up. Where were all these protesters in London and New York and all around the world? Where were they October 6th? No one gave a rat's patooka about the Palestinian people. Now all of a sudden everybody cares about the Palestinian people. No, you don't. No, you don't. You just hate the other side. That's what it is. So that's where I stand, okay? If you, and, and by the way, the Palestinian people support what the terrorist animals in Hamas did on October 7th, putting babies in ovens and raping women and so on and so forth. Actually, some of the Palestinian people joined in on the uh the brutality there that's videotaped that's documented it's not even up for conversation but there is something where a big question and i have brought this up many times many times in the last month and a half is and others have as well just not as eloquently and intellectually as i do how can how can it be that october 7th happened without the United States intelligence and the Israeli intelligence or any other intelligence agency in the world knowing. Because I'm not just cut and dry, like you, you get these um, the, the people who don't like Jewish people pretending to be for the Palestinians as I just talked about, you know, taking one side, and then you get people who are pro-Israel, taking the other side. It's a very complicated situation and it's not as cut and dry as that. I do stand with our friends of the Jewish faith. I do stand with them uh, for a number of reasons, one of them being they are the only democracy. Palestinians do not live in a democracy, okay? It's a tyrannical dictatorship led by a terrorist organization. Would you want to live there? No. So, but there are, it's, a, it's not just cut and dry, either you're pro-Israel or you're pro-Hamas. It's a very, very complicated issue. And the, the issue is money, power, and commerce. What I mean by that is there's an issue going on. It's called the Ben David Gurion Canal Project. If you haven't heard about it, I don't know if anybody 
here on WPHT has talked about it. They might have, probably did, because they're excellent hosts all here, uh, friends of mine, and I've also filled in for all of them. So they might have, but I don't live there, so I don't know if they have. And I've, I've tuned in online just to check in and see what's happening, but you know, not can't do it all the time. But there was a project called the Ben Gurion, Ben David Gurion Can, uh, Canal Project. Now Ben Gurion is known as the father of Israel. He was the f former Israeli Prime Minister. Uh, so on and so forth. He goes back to when it was formed again in 1948. Now, the canal, the canal is something that was proposed in the 1960s. Bear with me here, okay? This was, this was uh, an alternative to the Suez Canal, okay? And you say, well, why do we need that? You know, the Suez Canal connects the Mediterranean to the Red Sea. The Ben-Gurion Canal would connect the Mediterranean to the Red Sea. It was built in the 1800s, the Suez Canal was, you know, it was nationalized in 1956. Why do we need it? Why do we need another canal? Well, he who controls the waterways controls commerce, money, and power, as I said before. So the uh, Ben David Gurion Canal never came to be, but the reason it actually was born into uh, a potential canal was because of Egypt shutting down the Suez Canal multiple times over the decades. So that's, that's what led to them saying, hey, we don't need this. You know, we don't need to be at the behest of Israel shutting down this Suez Canal. We'll build our own canal. So, of course, that was not met uh, favorably by the international community. And so it was never built. And there's been talk about it over the decades, and you know, it just died over time. Now, why is this important now? I'll tell you why it's important now. Because there's talk again of the Ben-Gurion Canal. So why would there be talk of the Ben-Gurion Canal? Basically, the Ben-Gurion Canal, which would connect the Red Sea to the Mediterranean Sea, as does the Suez Canal, connect the Mediterranean Sea to the Red Sea, would cut right through Gaza. Are you with me? So if Gaza is not there, that provides a lane, that provides an opportunity, that provides the land for a potential Ben-Gurion canal that would connect the Red Sea to the Mediterranean. Are you with me there? Okay. So that's interesting. Now, is this why they're clearing Gaza? I'll be honest, I don't know. <coughs> I'm just throwing this out there to you, the listeners to the Ridge Zioli Show and 1210 WPHT, to see what you think. I'm not going to give you my opinion because I don't have enough facts to even form an opinion. I'm going to give you the facts, and so far I have, as they are available to us. Okay? Quick history lesson. Um, 1868, the Suez Canal opens. Okay? 1956, uh, Egypt uh, nationalized the Suez Canal. 1956, the Suez crisis results in the closing of the canal. All right, we're not going to get into all the details as to why that happened. So after that, whispers start saying, well, if they're going to be closing the Suez Canal, we need our own canal. So that is where Israel comes in proposing the project constantinople international convention signed in 1888 by the great european powers uh they guaranteed right of passage through the suez canal but that wasn't happening 
by the late 1950s and the early 1960s because Egypt blocked Israeli vessels from accessing the canal. This is from 1948 through 1950. Okay, it was also closed to all international shipping in 1956. So the world starts going, Egypt especially starts going, if you're going to stop our ships, we're going to build our own. And even the United States offered to use nuclear weapons. Get this, nuclear weapons to blow up the area to start forming what would be the Ben-Gurion Canal. This is in, in, in the late 50s and into the, or into the 1960s. So you're with me? So, okay, now there's a lot I just threw at you. What I'm going to say is what happened to the Israeli people on October 7th was terrorist attack. It was barbaric. Uh, it should not be condoned by anybody. Anybody who does condone it, you're on the wrong side of history and you don't know what you're talking about. Anybody who is a supporting of the Palestinian people, which for which the in innocent civilians I have nothing against, uh, I say to you, where were you before October 6th? You're full of crap. You're just pretending to care. Uh, but I do have a question, and that big question is, how could the intelligence community not have known about this? Especially with the backing of Iran, for, by the way, which we paid for. Because um, idiot Joe Biden and John Kerry and Barack Obama, morons all, keep sending money to Iran. <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, you, you're, uh, you're a minute late on your, your mortgage payment, and, and they're taking away your house. Uh, but we keep sending money to, ter to fund terrorism uh, in the Middle East. Go figure. Uh, against our number one ally. So there's no way that the Israeli and the American intelligence could not have known about the coming attack. And there was some speculation early on. Did they let it happen? I don't know. Nobody knows. Well, some people know, but, you know, it's above my pay grade. But then when you say they've been proposing this canal now for over 50 years, 60 years, actually, it makes you think, did some people let it happen again i don't know but i've just given you the facts there's a lot of intricacies involved but i've just given you the surface level facts of this proposed canal i'm in favor of clearing gaza okay i'm not in favor of killing individual civilians because they've lived a hard enough life under the tyranny that is hamas terrorism and sharia law um, th those people need to be moved out of there. Of course, you know, nobody wants to take them. Why? Well, would you? No, that's why Egypt didn't want them. That's why our idiot Secretary of State, uh, Anthony Blinken, the nepotism baby, his father was an ambassador. His whole family is uh, in, in that whole uh, D.C. cocoon. Uh, he, didn't, he didn't become Secretary of State because he's qualified. He got because of who his family is. That's, and that's probably why our government is so messed up because that's, that's what so much of Washington, D.C. is. Actually, that's a, that's a lot of what talk radio is. <laughs> Maybe that's why it's dying, because they hire people based on who's friends with who. But that's a story for another day. That's for the podcast. <laughs> anyway, so Blinken goes to Egypt, who doesn't, who doesn't want to let these people in, and all of a sudden they're letting them in. So how many billions did that cost the American taxpayer? Because you know he paid them in order to let the, the Palestinians in. So the Palestinians have to be dispersed to Jordan, Egypt, wherever they have to go. Gaza is going to be cleared. It's going to continue, continuation of the clearance of Gaza is going to happen once this ceasefire is over, which by the way, is a ceasefire 
that I would have been against. You cannot negotiate with terrorists. You cannot negotiate with criminals. It's just something that cannot happen because they're not trustworthy. While you're negotiating with them, while you're in a ceasefire, they're plotting to cut your throat is what it comes down to. But there is the issue of the hostages. You know, we can't just have, we can't just roll through there, blow up the tunnels and kill all of these innocent people. No, it's funny. The pro-Palestinian people, they're like, hey, you know, Hamas and Hezbollah, they're, they're not the Palestinian people. What about the innocent Palestinian people? But you never hear any of them call for the release of the innocent Israeli hostages. Actually, we have seen literally hundreds of episodes caught on videotape of people ripping down the, pi the pictures around the world of the hostages on polls, billboards. New York City, Philadelphia, Los Angeles, London, all over the world, Paris. It's incredible. There's a picture on a wall that says someone's missing, hostage. And you're ripping it down like that's going to make a difference? So that it really exposes the true nature. Oh, so you're, you're for saving innocent people only if they're Palestinians, not if they're Israelis. It's a joke. So the issue of this Ben-Gurion Canal needs to be investigated. And if, if it is, if this attack was allowed to happen, whether by the United States, Israel, Egypt, who knows? And it wouldn't be Egypt because they're going to lose a lot of money if they has another canal. Um, you know, it, it needs to be investigated. It's just, again, it was my first question. I was on the Australian network the day after, the morning after, and I said, Obviously, I, I condemned the horrific attacks, and we didn't even know the horror of babies and ovens and things like that. And I was like, but how did we not know? But then you look back, oh, how did you not know about 9-11? Well, we did know about 9-11. They let that happen. So the USS Cole, they let that happen. They, they, they allow these things to happen so then they can react militarily in order to fulfill whatever their ultimate goal is. So my question to you, the Zeoli Army, is... Do you think this attack, I'm not going to say that this person, that, that country, because we don't know, because uh, there has to be a lot of people involved if this canal that would connect the Mediterranean to the Red Sea that would go right through Gaza is allowed to be built. It wouldn't just be leaders in Israel or powerful business people in Israel. It would have to be multiple countries and, quite frankly, um, Arab nations as well, because it's not about the Israeli people. It's not about the Palestinian people. It's not about terrorism. They don't care about these babies in ovens, these women being raped, innocent people being slaughtered in their homes. They don't care about the Palestinian uh, people being dispersed out of their homes. They don't, care. they don't even care about the terrorists being killed. They don't even get any satisfaction out of that. I do. Uh, what they care about is money and power. And in this case, the money and the power comes through commerce. You gotta look back in your history, folks. Look back to Teddy Roosevelt and the Panama Canal. Now look at the, the Suez Canal, and look at the shipping lanes. See, we take everything for granted here in 2023 because we just, everything, you want your iPhone, you want your new barbecue grill, you want everything, it just get you just, it comes. Sometimes there's a little bit of the delay, but for the most part, it comes. It was only a hundred years ago or so that there was no Panama Canal and, and Suez Canal and, and, you know, shipping lanes being opened like this. We take it all for granted.
So when it was shut down in the 50s and 60s, people said, well, we don't have to put up with this. Let's build, let's build it somewhere else. And of course, I'm sure there was a lot of politicking behind the scenes, and the Ben-Gurion Canal project never happened. But why is the Ben-Gurion Canal project now being brought up? Why is it news again? Why is it the, the stuff of conversation around the world? It comes back to, with the risk of being redundant, it comes back to my original question. While I stand with Israel, while I stand to not slaughter the Palestinian people but disperse them, and I am for clearing Gaza, how could the intelligence communities have not known about this? Is it because they wanted to build a canal that would go right through Gaza? Uh, you know what? If it is, and there are powerful people in the world whose names we don't know, and if that was their plan, I don't care what country they're from, I don't care what religion you are, because it has absolutely nothing to do with religion, it has to do with money and power, that is true evil. That is true evil. To let a 9-11 happen, to let an October 7th happen, to let a Madrid train bombing happen, uh, this is pure evil. It's pure evil on the part of the powers that be around the world. It has nothing to do with skin color. It has nothing to do with nationality. It just has to do with money and power. That's their God. All right. It's, it's not the Almighty above. Nope. And it, it has nothing to do with Allah and, and Jesus and, and Abraham. It has nothing to do with any of that stuff. It has to do with money. That's their real God. So I'd like to know from you, listeners to the Rich Zioli Show, do you think, what do you think about this Ben-Gurion Canal Project? Could they have possibly let it happen so they could clear Gaza? Regardless, Hamas needed to be destroyed even before October 7th. Why we let them uh, be around this long, you know, is beyond me. We should have got rid of them in the 80s, but hey... <laughs> that's my way of looking at things because after 9-11 I was the one who said drop a bomb in the mountains of Afghanistan drop the big one in the mountains of Afghanistan collapse all those tunnels get rid of Al-Qaeda get rid of the Taliban and it'll solve the problem and that was the first time I was exposed to the fact that there is no such thing as free speech because I was removed from the air for saying that it wasn't gonna kill people it was gonna be it was gonna kill people it's gonna kill terrorists but it wasn't gonna be on a major city it's going to be in the mountains where they say uh, God created the earth and threw the rocks into the mountains of Afghanistan. The only people who would have been killed are, are terrorists. And that's a good thing. So clear it out, kill all the terrorists, and you know the next generation comes up, wipe them out too. All right, we'll take a quick break. 855-839-1210 at Lou Pecho on Twitter. And uh, Ben Gurion, the Ben Gurion Canal Project. They want, it goes right through Gaza. If it doesn't make you think, boy, nothing else will. You are listening to The Rich Zioli Show, 1210 WPHD. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. 
Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. The Zioli Show on your schedule. From Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in the free Odyssey app. Welcome back to the Rick Zioli Show. Lou Pate here with you along with producer Henry. If you'd like to get in on the conversation, 855-839-1210 at Lupate Show on Twitter, Lupate at Gmail. Uh, we're talking about the ugliness of international politics, the international commerce that, um, you know, really, pit, you know, pits us against each other. Here's the thing, folks. So much, everything you are told for the most part, every you know, not for the most part, everything you are told by your government is a lie. And I'm not a conspiracy theory. I'm not the tinfoil hat guy. I'm not telling what I what I just was asking you about uh, Ben Gurion, the Canal Project. I'm not telling you it is real. I'm just saying it makes you think. How could you not think? Again, I asked when the massacre happened. How could we have not known about it? Uh, it, it U.S. and Israeli intelligence. How could we have not known about it? And then that kind of went away once you start hearing about the horrors of it and, and things of that nature. But then when you hear about a canal project that's been sitting around and people wanted it since the 1960s, ordered to head off Egypt, who was controlling commerce through the Suez Canal, which they closed at will many times, it makes you think, especially when that canal would go right through Gaza. Ah, it's 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 really it's really troubling. So that's what we have, all right? And of course, if you're on the Arab side, you're gonna say, Yes, it's because of the Ben Gurion Canal project, they want to get rid of Gaza. If you're on the Israeli side, it's easy to say no. <coughs> Excuse me. Hamas is a bunch of terrorists who killed a lot of innocent people, raped women, burned babies, people slaughtering their neighbors. It's horrible. We need to get rid of them. Hamas has been a problem going back 40 years, and and along with Hezbollah and the other, they've been around under different names, but they're all basically the same thing, Muslim terrorists. Islamic terrorism is a cancer on society, folks. It has to be eliminated. You cannot deal with these people. There is no dealing with these people. They don't want peace. They only want you dead. Look what happened in Ireland last night. And if you're not aware, I will tell you. Some Algerian immigrant Muslim went nuts and started stabbing people. 
Where'd that come from? And the irony there is that Ireland has been very pro-Hamas in this Israeli-Hamas war. And it comes back to the old adage of, for those people who think, like these dumb college kids who think they're, you know, oh, I support Hamas, I support the Palestinian people. You're, if you support the Palestinian people, you're supporting Hamas. There's no in-between. Do you think that they would not kill you just because you're gluing your hands to 6th Avenue or Broadway or wherever it was in Manhattan and stopped the Thanksgiving Day parade yesterday? Do you think they'll kill you first? Do you remember all of these idiot young women who packed up and went to live with ISIS? All they became was baby-making factories, and then they put a bullet in their head when they're done with them. Heck, dogs at puppy mills are treated better, and puppy mills should be obliterated off the face of the earth. So this is what we're dealing with, the truth. You're not going to hear this on Fox News. No, I know PhD has an affiliation with Fox News, but screw Fox News. They're just a propaganda arm. That's really all they are. And um, they're not going to talk about the Ben-Gurion Canal. And all I'm asking you to do is think. Think about this. This is not pro-Israel. This is not pro-Palestine. This is look at what the powers that be in the world, if true, are willing to do in order for money and power, in this case, through commerce. They're willing, to, they're willing to allow, the theory is, a massacre to happen. They're willing to allow a 9-11 to happen. They're willing to allow any, anything that doesn't affect them and their family to happen. So, you know, um, they'll criticize Israel for recommending the project back in the 1960s and over the years when it has come up for discussion, and I'm sure now... On the Arab side, they're going to criticize it again, but can you blame them? What's your main route to work? Imagine if somebody shut that down and you couldn't get to work. You'd have to go all the way around the world and to get literally to get to work. What are you going to do? You're going to look for another avenue to get to work. You're going to look for what was the fire that burned down the, uh, the freeway ramp over there a few months ago. Right? You had to find another way to work. They quit. They fixed it pretty quick. But you got to find another way to work. Imagine if the government just shut down roads. No, you can't go this way. No, you can't go that way. That's the same thing. Imagine trucks coming in and out of the Philadelphia area, the suburbs of Philadelphia, where all of a sudden the, the government just said, you know, this is all a hypothetical, obviously. No, 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 you can't use that road anymore. Shutting it down. Goods and services cannot get into the Philadelphia area and the suburbs surrounding it. What would happen? Those trucks would look for alternative ways to get into the area. And that's, that's all really all it was. You can't blame them. See, the Egyptians thought they had, um, they, you know, really had a, a death grip on everybody there. But they never were able to, the world was never able to stick it to the Egyptians and build an alternative route because of the Palestinian population. At the time, it wasn't two and a half million like it is now. But it was a lot of people. So, you know, they're, they're not just going after Hamas. They're clearing Gaza, which, again, I support. But it, it, it makes you wonder, you know, as to why. Time will tell. Time will tell. If they start uh, blowing up trenches in order to build this Ben-Gurion Canal, you'll remember this show on this day. 
and say, wow, Lou was right. Probably get me kicked off the air again, though. <laughs> anytime, I, anytime I go deep in the weeds on this type of stuff, I always get uh, kicked off somewhere. So it's, uh, it's unbelievable. Just, and just so you know, the Suez Canal nets $8 billion uh, yearly. $8 billion, okay? Uh, that, that's, that's incredible. So we'll keep an eye on this one, but all I ask you to do is just think about it. Could the American and Israelis known? Doesn't uh, make it any different uh, for what the uh, Hamas terrorists did. It's horrible. It's a day that'll go down in history. But there's always financial motives behind all of these things. Now that we're in 2023 and they can't hide information like they used to, um, it, it's unbelievable. I'll tell you what, we're coming up on the top of the hour. If you're holding, uh, please continue to hold. We'll take your calls on the other side of the break. In the meantime, my name is Lou Pate. You're listening to The Rich Zioli Show, 855-839-1210, at Lou Pate Show on Twitter, loupate at gmail.com. You're listening to 1210 WPHT. Thanks for listening to The Zioli Show podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the Odyssey app. WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The revolution will be broadcast. This is the next generation of talk. Now, this is the drive at 5. 30 minutes of non-stop talk with Rich Zioli. Welcome back to the Rich Zioli Show. Lou Pate here with you, along with producer Henry, who's doing a great job. Uh, we came in a little late tonight after the Penn State game. Uh, you don't want to know. They lost 78-88 uh, to Butler, but there uh, are other games in the future, so uh, the season is young, as they say. <laughs> anyway, uh, we want to take your calls at 855-839-1210. We were talking in the last hour about um, not so much the the massacre of the Israeli people, which was horrible uh, back on October 7th. But whether um, my first question at the time was whether the Israeli intelligence and U.S. intelligence knew about it. And then, you, you, you know, you get lost in the woods with everything that happened. And now I'm talking about something that I don't know if anybody's talked about is the Ben-Gurion Canal, which would go right through Gaza. Again, I support Israel. And I condemn Hamas. They need to be obliterated from the face of the earth, along with Hezbollah, along with all other Muslim fundamentalist terrorists. But um, what I have seen of the greed of powerful people over the last uh, just few years with COVID and FISA and Moderna and Fauci and vaccines and our government, all in the name of money and power, risking the health of the American people and the people of the world, uh, firing people from their jobs, making people lose their pensions, all in the name of greed, all in the name of power. So in a post-COVID world, you look at the news media who are willing lemmings and in, in pushing the whole COVID con, and you look at the government who lied to us about everything, and you can't trust any of them. 
So then when you now hear about a canal that would have been a, a competitor to the Suez Canal 60 years ago, you don't blink an eye. And then you say, okay, but now that canal would go right through Gaza. I support the Israeli people. I support the only democracy there. I, I, I question the people uh, who, who support the Palestinian people saying, where were you when they were living in horror? That cannot be said enough of Sharia law under the rule of tyrannical, crazy terrorists. Where were you before October 7th? I'll just ask, and none of them can answer that. And I'll ask that to all of them. And, but you have to look at the, the pure evil that is power around the world. And are there some that allowed this massacre to happen so that they can then level Gaza? I'm for leveling Gaza. I'm for killing all the terrorists. But was it allowed to happen so they can level Gaza to build this Ben-Gurion canal? It's it, it, it's a frightening thought, but it's not one that you can't just dis dismiss. Let's get to the phones in Malvern. Chris, thank you for holding. You're on the Ridge Zioli Show with Lou Pate. Oh, hi. I've uh, never heard of you. This is my first time listening to you. Uh, what you're what you're talking about is really quite remarkable. It makes the Jeffrey Epstein controversy involving the former Israeli Prime Minister seem like peanuts. But well, let, it, let me, hey, Chris, let me tell you this. Hold on, Chris, hold on. Uh, let me tell you, hold on, Chris, let me tell you this. The Jeffrey Epstein list, regardless of who's on it, is a totally different issue. That list needs to be revealed, and all the pedophiles on it, I don't care what their political affiliation, they and I don't care how high they are in the power structure of corporate America or politics around the world, uh, they all they all need to be prosecuted. It's 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 a disgusting issue that that list is still uh, being kept secret. Uh, I know. And what you're saying about the lies and for the average person. But uh, I was reading some quite um, remarkably um, disconcerting information about the Israeli settler movement in the West Bank. And if you know anything about them, so where were, man, what, what, where were you reading? You got to consider online uh, YouTube. Well, I'm saying, that's what I'm saying. You, you got to consider your source of information because so much of what is considered mainstream media, regardless on what side of of the debate you're on, is propaganda. True, but you, basically they're all about basically pushing the Palestinians all the way across the river, the, the other side of the river. So what you're saying about this Ben Gurion. Ben Gurion canals, mind blowing. Were you familiar with it? Before the, the issue before no. today? No, I wasn't. Okay, and here it is. It's like it, again. I support Israel. I support the Israeli people. I condemn the the attacks. I condemn the attacks of the Muslim terrorists going back to Beirut in 1983 when I was a kid. But it this again was it done on purpose in order to. A clear a path for the Van Gurian Canal? My answer is, and my opinion is, I don't know because we don't know, but there's it has to make you think. And and is is this the Israeli people? Is it the Israeli government? I, I don't know, but I do know that you know this thing has been on the table now for sixty years and it, it would go right through Gaza and our United States government, which is corrupt as heck offered nuclear weapons to help clear the area. Remember back in when they're building Suez and when they were building Panama, they only used, they cleared with dynamite. 
and, and you know now they're using nukes <laughs> to clear areas for or they're offering to use nukes to clear areas for a new canal so it it, it does make you think though chris doesn't it yeah i do may i say something quickly uh, i i'm concerned about the pending it hasn't really happened yet re- release of uh, a small amount of, of the hostages. I think it's going to inflame the enti- entire situation because I think it's going to come out that a, a number of them have died. And so far, I'm very the concerned. latest number I'm seeing online is that thirteen Hamas has released thirteen hostages and uh, 11, eleven others. Eleven, eleven, thirteen Israeli hostages. Excuse me, and eleven others that that are not Israeli. Uh, so we're looking right now. At uh, 24 people so far have been released, so at least oh. that's a good that's a good sign. But you know, these, this is this is a fluid situation. It's happening as we speak, right? And, and the whole issue, if I could say quickly, uh, the, I, I I always felt somewhat uneasy about, in, at least in America, this movement to post the pictures of the hostages and then the ensuing backlash because. It reminds me of the 9-11 wives and the whole controversy about turning people that are, are unknown into these pillars. And ultimately, who, I'm very Who are you concerned. referring to, Chris? I'm not sure who you're referring to. Don't you remember the 9-11 wives? Oh, oh, the nine. The, you mean the, the nine eleven scammers? <laughs> no, the, the wives of the nine eleven men who died, who became yeah, a, know, they became, a movement. I know they became media whores, is what they became. Right, and it, you know, it was it was it just, just diminished. But I, I'm going all. I, I'm losing my train of thought. But I, I, I'm just worried that the settler is going to flip out because a lot of these hostages. Are are not going to be released. There's, I mean, twenty four out of over two hundred. It's it's going to make things a lot worse. Well, a lot a lot have died already that we know of. Some it's been confirmed. You know, there was a sixty five year old woman, an eighty five year old woman. That uh, many of them have have died just because they weren't getting their medication. Right? Maybe they were it's injured. Terrible. Yeah, maybe they were injured, um, but they're going. They, you're going to want to hear these people's stories. It's different with 9/11 because they were getting 1.6 million dollars, yes. and yes. Then all all the firemen started uh, having sex with their f- dead friends' wives, and it got right. really it got really messy there. And then the media turned them into heroes. Look at look at Pete Davidson. Okay, it's a shame that his father died. Yes. It's a shame his father died on 9/11, but now we have to put up with him. He he gets a free career as a he gets a free career as a comedian because his father died on 9/11. The guy's not funny. Guy's just a junkie, but the guy's not funny. And we got to oh, we got to everybody. The whole world has to pretend that Pete Davidson is funny because his father died on 9/11. I mean that yeah. it's tra- it, it's tragic what happened, and I'm sure you know he was affected by it. But it's like. Oh, 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 you're not allowed to say he's not funny. Have you ever seen him on Saturday? Oh, Saturday Night Live is horrible anyway. But he was like the worst of the worst on Saturday Night Live. And everybody had to sit back and go, okay, it's Pete Davidson. Just laugh. Fake laugh. Pretend. So this is, yeah, you you don't want to see personalities like that born out of it. But I am curious to see what, you know, what their experiences were while in captivity, aren't you? Yes. 
And I'm going to sign off. I'm glad you're on the air. Oh, you and me, you and me both. It doesn't happen often, but uh, hey, uh, listen, you can email me, uh, Chris Lupe to Gmail, or follow me on Twitter at Lupe Show. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll correspond with you anytime. Well, thank you very much. See, it's, it's, it, that's all I want. That's all I wanted was uh, to make people think. So we'll leave that open there. So Google it, Ben Gurion, G-U-R-I-O-N, Ben Gurion Canal Project. Again, I'm not asking you to pick a side. I'm just asking you to think because if it doesn't make you think that this canal was going to go right through Gaza, as in you're, this is coming from me, a, a huge supporter of Israel, the Israeli people, democracy in Israel, even uh, my good friend Bibi Netanyahu, who once told me I was allowed to call him Bibi. Um, I support him as well. I know he's kind of a firebrand, and a lot of people don't like him, but you got to remember, when the media and the powers that be don't like you, you got to look at things and say, well, this might be a guy I want to look at. I might want to be his friend. Anyway, uh, there is a lot more going on, and we're going to get right to it here on the Ridge Zioli Show. We will leave the phones open if you, after you've Googled and after you've read about the Ben-Gurion Canal, the history of it, and why it's now back in the news. Actually, only here on the Rich Zioli Show with me, Lou Pate. Again, I don't know anybody else out there. Well, actually, your, your corporate medias, your iHearts, your Cumulus, they probably won't let them, their hosts talk about these things because I've, I've done shows for those, uh, uh, and I've done shows for a certain network that shall remain nameless that uh, they tell you what you can talk about and they tell you what you cannot talk about. So, yeah, I don't think you're going to hear any of those guys talking about this. But anyway, the, history, the issue, I want to get to the, is, the issue of freedom. Freedom is something that we take for granted, right? This Thanksgiving weekend we're supposed to show gratitude and thanksgiving and all this kind of stuff, right? No one even knows what that is anymore. People don't hold doors for each other. People don't say thank you. Etiquette is dead. Uh, the younger generation is buried in their phones while the phones are convenient. And I do like the uh, convenience of being able to, you know, take my phone, book a flight, <laughs> walk to a concierge uh, t terminal and put the number in and get a ticket. I don't have to deal with anybody. Isn't that wonderful? Yes, but... The whole, like, you know, console. Okay, I'll just tell you this. Had a bunch of people over my home for uh, for Thanksgiving yesterday. Even though I was on the air out of Brisbane, Australia, I came in and out of my studio. But then after the show was over, had dinner. And there was a bunch of college kids that were there, kids of friends. And good kids, great grades. You know, no one's gone off the rails yet with drugs or alcohol or pregnancy. None of that craziness. Yet buried in their phones all day okay I, I i banned the phones at the table i said well, can we at least have thanksgiving dinner without the phones it's like constant constant and then one girl who was a stray i call her a stray because she um she had nowhere to go so because her family's out of town and she couldn't go home so everybody's welcome she snuck her phone to the thanksgiving table can you believe that had it under her thigh it's like and i i caught her and i said so I wasn't mad. I just said, so you're addicted. You have a digital addiction. How long is it going to take us to eat Thanksgiving dinner? What? You know, we're going to eat. We're going to talk. We're going to break some chops. We have a few laughs. And how long is that going to take? You know, half hour, hour? What? <laughs> you couldn't put the phone down? So it was kind of funny. So common decency, etiquette, it's, it's all out the window with, with the younger generation because they've just never been taught. But the what goes out the window with that that the younger generation is all too willing to give up is our rights. And one of those rights is free speech. I've been talking about this now for over 15 years. All of the stations and networks that I have been on, there is no such thing as free speech. 
It exists on paper, but it does not exist in your real life. Look at all of the people who are quote-unquote canceled. I hate that word, but look at all the people who are canceled for giving their opinion. Look at all the people just since the Israeli-Hamas war that is currently going on that have been fired or have lost their jobs and high profile. Susan Sarandon lost her agent. I don't agree with what Susan Sarandon said. Um, she has the right to say it, though. It's despicable. She's chanting, you know, Hamas songs and Palestinian songs against the Jewish people, our friends of the Jewish faith. But it's her right to say it. Um, you have that guy who was a National Security Council person for the uh, uh, Obama, or, and he's yelling at some cart guy in New York City, screaming at him, kill 4,000 uh, more Palestinian children. While that is incredibly evil and, and ignorant, he has a right to say it. All these, all these morons who are ripping down pictures of the Jewish hostages, well, that's vandalism, so they should be you know, ticketed or arrested or whatever the law is for wherever they're doing that. But they have a right to have an opinion that maybe that, that those po I think the posters should be up. But I'm just saying is that I've said this many times. Free speech, defending free speech only really matters when you're defending speech that you disagree with. Anybody who knows me, anybody who has listened to me here on uh, WPHT for the last 17 years, can you believe it? I've been here 17 years already, uh, and they still haven't hired me. <laughs> 17 years, I'm not kidding. Uh, 17 years I've been here. That anybody who's listened to me, anybody who emails with me on the side, anybody who follows me on Twitter has heard me say this, I've posted it on Twitter, I've emailed about it, is that... Defending free speech really only matters when you defend speech that you disagree with. It's easy to defend speech that you agree with. That's no big deal. But right now, there is a radical bunch of people in our country who have risen to power in our universities and in corporate America and in Hollywood and pretty much everywhere it's easy to label them as Democrats, but they're not even Democrats. They're just radicals. I mean, you think back, we just had the 60th anniversary of the assassination of JFK. You think about a JFK Democrat. You think about a Reagan Democrat. You even think now, whew, 30 years later, think of a Bill Clinton Democrat. They do not, they would not be welcome in the Democratic Party of today. So I wouldn't even call these people Democrats. They're just a bunch of radical extremists is all they are. And they have this woke ideology, progressive ideology, or whatever it is. But whatever they disagree with gets shut down. And they control TV commercials. They control TV shows. They control movies. There's that funny meme going went around with, um, I think it was, was it Argentina or Brazil? One of them, where... Someone was complaining, how, it was at the World Cup, how come you have no black players on your team? And the, the, the actual country from their official Twitter feed responded, because we're not a Disney movie. <laughs> and that's true. It's like, <clears throat> who do you want on your team? You want the best athletes. I don't care what the color of their skin is. I want the best athletes who's going to bring home the championship. I mean, it's just so incredibly ignorant. It's like, oh, what who what type of doctor do you want to perform surgery on you well, i want the best doctor <laughs> i don't care if it's a man i don't care if it's a woman 
I don't care any. I don't care what their religion is. If they're the best doctor to, to make me or my loved one health, that's all you care about. But that is not the society that we live in. And we have a lot of unqualified people doing very important jobs simply because there is a quota for this per this many of this one, this many of that one. And it's really detrimental to society. And what's more detrimental to society is if you question it, you are you lose your job, you're canceled, whatever. It's and it's dangerous because we have people operating planes who shouldn't be. We have people operate. And I'm not just talking about pilots. I'm talking about people working on on engines. We have people operating trains. We have doctors. We look at Harvard. Uh, Harvard is a disgrace. Harvard, you get into not based on your merit, not based on your grades, but based on how many boxes you can click in the progressive ideology. So you have a lot of dumb people who shouldn't be at Harvard. It's as simple as that. So now when people say, oh, I have a Harvard MBA, that's not impressive to me because most of the people who are now in Harvard, Yale, basically all the Ivies didn't get there the way you're supposed to with your intellect, with your intelligence, with your test scores. I've known, I've known a lot of people who should have been put into Ivy League schools and didn't because there was no room for them because they're too busy checking boxes. And it's not about race. It's about them making themselves feel good. Oh, look what I'm doing. I'm, I'm check. We have a, a transgender, vegetarian, non-binary that we welcomed into the class of 2032. It's so stupid. It's really dumb. And then they go through school. They get, well, a lot of them drop out, but the ones that do get through, then they become doctors and they become lawyers and they become pilots and they become engineers. Do you want someone who's not up to snuff? designing a bridge that you're going to be driving over or your family's going to be driving over. But the, the, the problem is you can't, you can't even criticize these people because if someone didn't do well enough in high school, if someone didn't do well enough on their SAT or whatever entrance exam they're taking to get into college, essays or whatever, if they're not up to snuff, they shouldn't be there. So we are having unqualified low intellectual people graduate from these schools and then coming into the workplace and then you know because of their connections they can get they can get important jobs things like that it's all about who you know and and then they are cast upon us the unbeknowing american public and people die and you're not allowed to criticize it i think it's going to go away i think the tide will eventually turn if it has not begun to turn already on all this shutting down of free speech, because if we do not keep free speech, which we, we have to get back to free speech because we don't have free speech right now. If we do not get back to free speech, the very first, the very first of the amendments, the rest will fall. If you guys out there think that the second amendment and I'm a gun pro uh, proponent, do you, if you think that can't fall, if free speech can fall, which it has, then everything can fall. Nothing is untouchable, including the Second Amendment, because nothing really matters. You have the, the you, it's obvious that the Republicans and Democrats in Washington, D.C., they don't care about you. That's, a, that's evident. 
I mean, look what happened with Kevin McCarthy. He got in there speaking a whole bunch of BS and then didn't do a dang thing, didn't release the January 6th tapes, didn't do anything, basically became a Democrat, basically became part of the establishment, no better than Schumer and Pelosi, McConnell, Paul Ryan, and all these other loser criminals who were just there to increase their own wealth, their own bottom line. That's really all it is. They're not there to serve the people. They think they're better than you. And they basically say it. Now, so I'm not a fan of Matt Gates, but I have to admit that he did a good thing when he got rid of uh, McCarthy as speaker. I don't know if this guy, Mike Johnson, is uh, any better. But, you know, the First Amendment gives the American people the right to say what we want at any time. Okay? It's as simple as that. But we have, and, and to censor someone, to shut down your rights, to take away your rights, is illegal. <clears throat> With the younger generation, you don't have to take it away. They give it away. It's, I, I, was, I was amazed when I saw like 16 to 20-year-olds who I know, you know, friends of kids and, and uh, nieces and nephews of, of uh, friends just give up their rights during COVID. I've talked about that before. It blows my mind, still blows my mind. They didn't fight for anything. They just put their masks on and shut up and started criticizing everybody else, calling you Karen or saying you shouldn't get into a restaurant, saying you should lose your job, you shouldn't go to the movie theater. I mean, they gave up all of their freedoms during COVID. Could you, could you imagine not fighting for your rights? People have died for our rights. But in America... As I mentioned, the kids with the, during my Thanksgiving dinner with their faces buried in the, in the phones all day, they're not paying attention to anything. They think it's always been like this. They think we've always had little devices where we can communicate. They, if you think, if you as a young person took your, our freedom for granted, which I did when I was young, I took our freedom for granted. I just thought, oh, it's, it's America. It's the greatest country in the world. It's always like this. No. From every, from every war, from the beginning of this nation, people have died. So I can hear today, come on 1210 WPHT and speak openly and freely without getting shut down. As long as they don't curse. Obviously, you have to have a bunch of rules and, you know, decency rules. And, of course, you don't say anything that's not true. You don't slander people. You don't, there's no libel. But you can speak the truth. So... A lot of that is gone. Actually, I've been on hundreds of stations around the country, and honestly, the corporate media has destroyed talk radio. And I don't just say this because I'm on here. I say it every time I'm on here. 1210 WPHT is the only station that I know that still gives their hosts free reign. They really do. They're the only ones. And um, it's sad. It's very sad. Uh, there is a major network that uh, you might know of that uh, I stopped doing shows for them because it's like uh, they started telling me I couldn't say things. It's like, well, okay, then goodbye. Unbelievable. So the suppression of free speech around the country is something that is going on. You've heard of the DEI uh, programs, uh, and some people are now starting to get rid of them, some of the colleges, some of the universities, some of the companies. But for the most part, it's entrenched because over a very long period of time, again, Hollywood, educational institutions, government, these radical, radical extremists 
who aren't, I can't even say Democrats, they, they, they hide under the Democratic umbrella, but they're not even Democrats, have really taken over. And go, go say something. Go, go question something. A legitimate question. Think about it. I was watching, uh, I was on the treadmill the other day. I was watching an old movie that just came on, and I was just oh, this is looking to kill some time. And uh, sometimes the music gets a little played out. So I said, old movie, old, I won't even say which movie it was, but some of the politically incorrect stuff that was on this movie that was 35 years old, I was laughing hysterical because I'm surprised they didn't even dub it out for it to be broadcast on TV streaming. That's what they're doing. They're, they're scrubbing everything. So it went through. They were using all the slurs, and it was all part of the movie, and it was it was funny. It was a comedy. And I was like, wow, that was refreshing that they allow that to actually happen because most of that, that must have slipped through because most of that is not allowed anymore, okay? You know, it's, you don't need, you don't need different, you don't need one from every group representing people in every commercial and in every TV show. People don't want that. Okay, people don't want people want to see the story as it is. And sometimes it's all black. Sometimes it's all Hispanic. Sometimes it's all white. You have some white guy going, hey, hey, Caballero, hey, essay. No, it doesn't work. Remember, they had Robert Downey Jr. play a black guy. It was dumb. And, you know, people went crazy over that. And rightfully so. It was just, it was stupid. They were calling it racist. It wasn't racist. It was just stupid. But now you can't even criticize stuff like that because then they just cancel you. And a lot, you hear about celebrities getting canceled. That makes the news. But what you don't hear about is there are regular, everyday people like you and me who lose their jobs for stupid reasons just because they disagreed with something or they questioned someone or they commented to somebody. You, you can't tell someone at work that they look nice today because they, they might feel offended, especially if they're a younger person. This country is on a very dangerous path, and the first domino that fell a long time ago that no one even realized it fell was free speech, and it is not there. There is no such thing as the First Amendment outside of being on paper. So after one comes two, after two comes three, three to four, four to five, and so on and down the line. That is what we have. Um, and if you don't believe me, just look at what's happening. Look at what happens anytime somebody questions something, anytime somebody disagrees with something that's weird in society. Boom, gone. So there you have it. But 855-839-1210, do you think free speech is dead? I think it's dead. I'd like to know what you, the listeners to the Rich Zioli Show, think. Is free speech dead? Do we take it too much for granted? Can it even come back? You can follow me on Twitter at Lou Pate Show. Email me if you can't get to the phone, loupate at gmail.com, even after the show. You are listening to The Rich Zioli Show. My name is Lou Pate. It's 1210 WPHT. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The Zioli Show, on your schedule. From Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in the free Odyssey app. 
We should just let that one play. <laughs> I was on the, I was on the treadmill the other day, and that song came on. Man, I, I could have won a marathon. That, that got me all fired up. My time increased exponentially. She said, that's at like 1972, Deep Purple, Hush. Oh, boy. Long before I was even born, but still. Anyway, um, so uh, Ben, uh, ben Gorey. Canal, uh, freedom of speech, it's going to be all be open. At the top of the hour, we got George Hermita, the king of podcasts, coming up, at King of Podcasts on Twitter, and you can check out his website at uh, King of Podcasts. He'll be joining us in about a half hour or, show, or so. But I want to bring up the issue of, um, I was just, during the commercial break, I was scanning through news sites and, you know, whatever, the internet on a holiday weekend. <laughs> internet on a non-holiday weekend isn't very good, but... There was that crash, that explosion at the Canadian-U.S. border on the Rainbow Bridge. I've been over that bridge a few times. And they're saying now it was some guy in a Bentley, who knows what happened, flying past. If he went through one checkpoint, for some reason, he accelerated to 100 miles per hour, possibly over 100 miles per hour, out of control, hit something, that launched the car 40 feet in the air, and when it hit, it exploded, tragically killing his wife and himself. Honestly, what happened, I don't know. We'll never know. Uh, the story first came out that it was terrorism. Okay, uh, Trudeau up in Canada shut down airports, shut down all entrances into the United States. Was that an overreaction? I don't know. But... The story was lost because it's a holiday weekend. And my point is, if it had been terrorism, we'd be talking about our open borders. And the borders are open between U.S. and Canada. Yes, you have a few checkpoints here and there. But for the most part, the thousands of miles that go across our northern border are open. You can be in a Canadian neighborhood, which looks just like any other American suburb neighborhood, suburban neighborhood, and walk across into the United States. There's no checkpoint. There's nothing. So it's easy if you have the money, if you have the means to get to Canada to then just literally sneak into the United States without having to go through any checkpoints. Very easy. So then we have the issue of the southern border. We know the mess and everybody coming up through Central America. Millions of undocumented people have come over, illegal aliens have come through our southern border over the course of the Biden years. No one wants to address it. Biden is actually, you might have seen it in the first debate with uh, President Trump, told people, come. We've seen various mayors, San Francisco, New York, Los Angeles, Chicago, tells people to come. They, they brag, we're a sanctuary city. Governor of New York, Huckle, we're a sanctuary state. And when the people got there, they're like, no, go somewhere else. This is the epitome of liberalism. Liberals are always in favor of something that, as long as it doesn't affect them personally. But my point about the car exploding at the border is they're telling us it's not terrorism. I don't know what it was. But the point is, now that they're labeling it as just a tragic accident, that he might have had a health problem or whatever it was that caused the car to go over 100 miles an hour, launch 40 feet into the air and explode upon impact, killing the two occupants inside, injuring one Border Patrol agent. 
Now the story's gone. If it had been some form of terrorism, all of a sudden we would be addressing the issues at our northern and southern borders. But being that it's a just old, plain old tragic accident where some guy might have had a heart attack on his way to a KISS concert, because that's what it was, he was on his way to a KISS concert, uh, it's, it's a non-story. The border issue goes away. There's no issue at the border to be addressed. If it had been terrorism, they'd be shutting down our borders or making it a lot harder to get through them. But since it's just a guy who crashed his car and blew it up, there's nothing, there's nothing here. The border issue just goes away. The other issue here is the media, whenever something happens, and whenever there's a big story, whenever there's any story, and the media, the first thing they tell you, they're wrong. Is that by design or is that on purpose? You'd have to decide for yourself because there's no way to know. Either they're incompetent or they're lying. That is the media today. Okay, That is CNN. That is MSNBC. That is Fox. That is ABC, NBC, CBS, NPR, all of them. It's all propaganda. They ran with this terrorism story before they had the facts in. And now they're saying it's not terrorism. I don't know if it was. I mean, honestly, it would not surprise me in this day and age if somebody <laughs> somebody rigged that car with a remote control and accelerated it. And this, you know, this guy just happened to be the sucker they picked. A Bentley? A Bentley just accelerates to over 100 miles an hour, hits something that launches it like evil Knievel into the air without a graceful landing uh, and blows up. Makes no sense. Okay, let's just say it's terrorism, folks. What would have happened if it was terrorism? What would have happened? We would have had to address the border issue. Someone's trying to get bombs across our border, along with the fentanyl and the drugs and the sex trafficking and everything else, and the illegals. But it wasn't, so the sex trafficking, the drugs, the illegals, that's all allowed to, that's all allowed to keep coming. That's all right. Truckload of coke, let's go. <laughs> Right lane, express lane for the drug cartels coming up from Mexico and Central America. Unbelievable. I do believe that the United States government is the biggest drug cartel in in the world. And that's why when these, you know, they, they have these kingpins, your Escobars, your El Chapos, your Gonzalez brothers from Cali, and whoever's in charge now, you had the Tijuana cartel there for a while. They got rid of those guys. They let these guys do do their deal for an ex, you know, a very small window of time. And then when they get too big for their britches, they got to go. And once these guys are dead and or in jail, the drugs just keep flowing. How can that be? How can that be if the number one producer and uh, importer of drugs into our nation, whether it was Escobar back in the 90s or El Chapo in the 2000s or whoever it is now, how can how could that be? How can the drugs just keep flowing when these guys are dead or in jail? amazing do you know that the year after escobar died more drugs came in more coke came in from colombia than when he was alive and that has increased every year since then and he's been dead for 30 years is that not incredible so it's not really about stopping the drugs because too many unknown people are getting super rich from the drugs uh, that's the illegal drugs, and you know this, it's the same thing with the with the Pfizer's and the Modernas and the government-sponsored forced medication drugs too. No different, no different than heroin or anything like that. It's drugs, whether they deem them legal or illegal. But the point is the border. 
the border is we have reports of uh, Muslim terrorists coming across, many of which been apprehended. We have Chinese nationals allegedly coming across. We have tons of illegals coming across who mean harm to our our way of living, our traditions, our symbols, and we just allow it. But that would have all temporarily halted had it been a terrorist attack instead of some rich guy in a Bentley and who knows what the heck happened that caused him to launch that car 40 feet in the air and explode it. You see what I'm saying? It's like, what, the border doesn't matter because this was just a tragic accident and it wasn't terrorism? So go about your business, mind the gap, keep moving, nothing to see here. And all the regular baloney that, that they give us, think about it. Why is the border not important? The border has been important the whole time. When Donald Trump was president, hardly anybody was coming across the border. Okay, and now more, more people than ever are coming across the border. We have this, it's terrorism. Everybody's going wall-to-wall news with it. They're all showing the same video on TV, which you can't see anything. It's just a, a picture, and then all of a sudden the explosion comes in from the right of the screen. Terrorism, Thanksgiving weekend. This one said we were vulnerable. That one said they were both vulnerable. The governor of New York said we were vulnerable. They thought something might happen this weekend. Oh, it's not terrorism. Okay, no issue at the border. All right. I got 10 tractor trailers full of uh, fentanyl here. Can I get them through? Yeah, okay, go through. Bush family needs their money. Unbelievable. Anyway, all right. We'll take a quick break. Uh, 855-839-1210. George Hermita coming up at the top of the hour. If you want to uh, get your call in, we've got uh, a few minutes before we get to our guest. This is the Rich Zioli Show. My name is Lupe, 1210 WPHD. Thanks for listening to the Zioli Show podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHD and the Odyssey app. Waiting for the guitar there. Welcome back to the Rich Zioli Show. We're paid in for Rich. We'll be back on Monday. Henry's here producing the show. No rest for the wicked. Henry's doing a fantastic job. Um, as mentioned, George Hermita is coming up. The King of Podcasts. You want to do a quick preview on him at King of Podcasts, at KOP on uh, Twitter, and also uh, kingofpodcasts.com. The guy does like four different podcasts, and we're going to be talking about all of them and some pop culture and news of the day. Hey, uh, <laughs> You know, a lot of people I talked about, there's the freedom of speech is gone. Well, along with high uh, taxes and high crime and low freedom, what do you think the least free state is due to the policies of the progressives and the Democrats? What do you think it is? Do you think it's California? You think San Francisco? You think Los Angeles? Is it the state of Washington, Seattle, that city, the godforsaken suck hole that I lived in six years? I'll never get back ever in my life. But I did have uh, double-digit ratings there, 13.8. Thank you very much, males, 25 to 54. Ah, uh, you hear that, radio executives? Yeah, all those guys refusing to hire me. Uh, that could have been you. Um, <clears throat> but anyway, New York State. It's not Pennsylvania. <laughs> You might think so with, with Philadelphia, everything going on in Kensington and all, you know, all that kind of stuff. But nope, New York State once again ranks as the, and I quote, least free in the state in this, in the country. This is according to the Cato Institute. Uh, unbelievable. Uh, again, and that's not something you want to repeat. You, know, you want to repeat uh, NBA, uh, NHL. NFL, you know, Major League Baseball, you know, soccer, you want to repeat as a champion, right? Not as the least free state. Uh, it's unbelievable. So it ranks dead last 50th for policies because 
the negative impact on economic, social, and personal freedoms. And even when it scores slight gains for like legalizing weed, which I'm against, and reforming criminal justice, they it's still screwed up. So if you think you got it bad in Philadelphia and the state of uh, Pennsylvania and Phil- Fetterman's your your um your senator and things of that nature, think about it. It could always be worse. It could always be New York. Now, I know there's a sports rivalry, and people in Philadelphia don't uh, like New York. Obviously, the Yankees and the Mets and the Giants, the Jets. You got the Eagles going. Okay. I never got into that whole rivalry. You never got into the whole rivalry uh, with Boston. But I grew up in New York. I grew up in the Bronx, okay, which you probably tell from my accent. And... Back then, it was it was a pretty cool place to live. It was it was kind of not like the movies, but as close to the movies as you're going to get. It was I, I think I caught the very tail end of a fabled time uh, in New York City. Um, Manhattan was gritty back when I was a kid. I liked it that way. I, I you know when you drove through Times Square and it, it, there was the the raunchy bars there was the the quote-unquote burlesque shows which were just basically houses of prostitution but it was like it had personality it was gritty now you go into new york city you go into manhattan it's all the same it's cheesecake factory warner brothers store the m m store you know broadway isn't even broadway anymore now you've got you know um, pop stars doing shows and uh, Disney movies converted into plays. And, you know, it's, it's not like it used to be. It's just it's basically like everywhere else. And that's not a compliment. Uh, so if Manhattan was supposed to be the, you know, the, 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 the diamond uh, amongst all cities, then uh, if you've never been there, don't bother going because you missed out. And right now, it's just it's just like everywhere else. You, you can go to the Mall of America. It's basically that's like Manhattan. It's same stores is what it comes down to. And the food isn't even good anymore. I, I mean, I from from when I was a very young age, I could not wait to get the heck out of New York. I know some people, you know, spend their whole lives trying to get there, then trying to make it there. No, I worked in the construction industry for six years after college. I could not wait to get out of there. It was horrible. And now I haven't even been back there. It's going on 11 years now. Haven't been back there. And uh, no, no intention of going back anytime soon. I'll tell you that. I don't care how many zeros um, they they put on the check. I remember I was doing uh, fill-in shows for like four and a half years for Fox News Radio. I never went up there once. <laughs> it probably would have helped my chances, right, to get hired back at the time. Uh, the, uh, but I was like, ah, I'm, you know, you go up there, you meet people, shake hands. You know, whatever. And uh, I wouldn't even do that because I didn't care. You want to hire me? I'm doing it remotely. You you don't want to hire me because I'm doing it remotely. That's fine, too. Well, that's what they did. But because I'm not going. And there's been some other opportunities that I've had up there. I know Spike went up there. Spike Eskin from here. He went up there. He used to run PHT. He went up there. God, I hope he's doing well. (laughs) Man, it's a suckle. New York's a myth. New York City is a myth, and now New York State once again ranks as the least free, dead last amongst all 50 states. So uh, that's not really a surprise. And I'm sure uh, Eagles and Phillies fans are probably saying, yeah, we knew that. And we're not surprised. And we'll take your advice and not go there. <laughs> Trust me. And it's a ripoff. Uh, before we get to the top of the hour and our, and our guest, George Hamid, I just want to mention this at the top of the show. There's a woman by the name of King Fung Taylor. She was found guilty by a federal jury in Sioux City, Iowa, 
of attempting to help her husband, Jeremy Taylor, who ultimately lost his election, win. She's the wife of the Iowa County Supervisor, again, convicted of 52 counts of voter fraud. This was just a Tuesday before Thanksgiving in a ballot-stuffing scheme. She's 49 years old. She was found guilty by a federal jury of 26 counts of providing false information and registering and voting, uh, three counts of fraudulent uh, registration, blah, blah, blah. They all go on. Her husband lost the election. Of course, they're both Democrats and this is the stuff that goes on on the local level. You might be thinking, Lou, we don't care about Sioux City, Iowa. No, but think about it. Think about Pennsylvania in the 2020 presidential election. I went to bed with Donald Trump up 14 points. And when I came, when I came to the next morning, Joe Biden was only down one point and eventually overtook him. Obviously, there was shenanigans going on. Obviously, Pennsylvania. Obviously, the shenanigans in Georgia, Wisconsin, Michigan, all of them were being won by Trump. They obviously were stolen. So it just goes to show you if the uh, 49-year-old uh, wife of an Iowa County supervisor is involved in voter fraud, she happened to get caught. How many people get away with it and don't get caught? I'll bet you there's more that, that get away with it. And don't we we know about all the lies in Fulton County, uh, Georgia, Atlanta, the broken pipe that wasn't the broken pipe, the videos of them unpacking suitcases when they supposedly stopped counting for the night, all made out to Biden videos of trucks pulling up in Wisconsin and Michigan, hundreds of thousands of votes for Biden. Come on. And the Republicans have done nothing to stop it in 2024. We'll take a quick break. George Hermita coming up, the king of podcasts. This is the Rich Zioli Show. My name is Lou Pate, 1210 WPHT. WPHT, WPHT, HD, 3 Philadelphia. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The revolution will be broadcast. This is the next generation of talk. Now, on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, Rich Zioli. Welcome back to the Rich Zioli Show. Lou Pate here with you, along with Henry, the producer, is doing a fantastic job. Rich will be back on Monday, and uh, we invite you to uh, follow me on Twitter at Lou Pate Show, email loupate at gmail.com. Uh, you can call. We have great guests coming up, uh, 855-839-1210. Uh, George Hermita, a.k.a. the king of podcasts, podcast host of the Broadcasters Podcast, which is a weekly media industry podcast and the most recently launched Podcasters Row. Podcasters Row is a new series that showcases podcasters talking about various fields and topics and why they do their podcasts and what they're all about. George brings his 30 years of podcast TV and newspaper experience here to us at 1210 WPHT. I encourage you to check out his website, kingofpodcasts.com. George Hermita, welcome to the Rich Zioli Show, 1210 WPHT. Or I should say thanks for coming back. Oh, no, yeah. Trust me, it's, it's always nice to get another call back in and invite anytime you call. So it's been a little while, but no, I'm glad we're back on again. Hey, well, we, we've got a lot to get to, but we're a little delayed tonight. We didn't we we missed like the first hour and 20 minutes of our show um, due to the 
Penn State Butler game. Penn State lost 88-78. Uh, we talked about that a little earlier. But you, uh, I ca- my ear caught in the news, you're an alum of FAU, Florida Atlantic University, and they beat Texas A&M. Yeah, the thing was, last year I got a chance to – had a good excuse to go to New York and Madison Square Garden for the Final Four. Well, it, well Final Eight. And FAU made it all the way to the Final Four. And it was just a run of – I mean – I think they won like 21 games straight. They just were dominating all across the board. And then just before Kansas State was the last team that went to, and they at the Square Garden, we were there for the game, got to spend a couple of days there in New York. It was great. And FAU, because of that, the coach there, Dusty May, who was formerly coaching with the Florida Gators, they gave him 10 years to coach. They're going to try to build a new state, a new arena for him. And it's like FAU has just gotten on the map. And the fact that we're even on TV today and all that. And now Penn State and FAU, you know, thought it was going to be a chance to see those two together. But uh, Butler, we've actually already seen a couple a couple days ago. So, you know, familiar territory. Well, um, Penn State's rebuilding. And, and Henry, uh, if you want, grab a microphone because you're, you're well-versed on this tonight. Henry was telling me that Penn State, you know, expected them to be better. But, you know, they're in transition. They lost a lot of people through graduation and, and a bunch of other things. So, you know, hopefully, yeah. hopefully they'll do better. Right, Henry, tell, tell, tell George what you told me about Penn yeah, State. Yeah, I mean, their coach from last year, uh, Micah Shrewsbury, who went up and left to go coach Notre Dame. And they brought in Mike Rhodes from uh, VCU, which is another very talented coach a very talented right. program uh and they're yeah they're just starting to figure figure it out uh start playing together it's a lot of a lot of new moving pieces there in happy valley now um henry uh saying um you know we're rebuilding we're in transition that's that's a that's a very polite way of saying the team isn't very good but do we hold out hope that they that this coach has has it in him to see talent and rebuild for the future you no know, it's not that i don't think they're very good or very talented i think they have a lot of talent but you know, in the day and age of the transfer portal and NIL, you know, all the other teams in the Big Ten and all these other power schools, they also got talent. So uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see as, the, as the, the season goes on, see if they can, you know, kind of overcome that first-year adversity. But, uh, yeah, I, I, think, I think they could be good going forward in the future. Okay, well, we'll, we'll see. But, um, uh, Henry, you're a big Eagles fan? Oh, yeah, all day. All right. Um, uh, George Hermida is a big Buccaneers fan. Ooh. We don't want to talk about what happened. With, they're not doing too good this year. George, George, they're not doing too good this year. Uh, it's, uh, but uh, we, we don't, we don't, we don't dislike. I don't dislike either, either team, but I do, I do have a problem with the NFL. I do think that they take, uh, adv- they take for granted their fans, and I, it, it really annoys me that the fans, um, you know, did you see the, the NFL just remove the word faith? Uh, you know, from their motto, I mean, why? Why are you removing faith? It's like it's like they hate their fans. It's unbelievable. That's why I don't understand how anybody is a fan of the NFL. But George and Henry, stay with us. The um, NFL is playing its first game today, day after Thanksgiving, first Black Friday game. Um, I never realized that you know over the years that they've never played the day after Thanksgiving. No, actually, there's. I was actually watching a video today. That normally on Fridays, Black Friday has always been designated for college or right. for other sports. So the NFL is always a rule to never broadcast games on a Friday. But it was a 1961 act that caused that. But because this, the game is on was on Prime Video, and they actually made it free for people to go and stream on Prime Video today, that it wasn't on regular TV, wasn't on cable network. So that's how they got the loophole to go and carry the game today. 
it's interesting because oh by the way uh un- unrelated but uh, henry uh, george did you know that yesterday was 30 years since the miami dolphins dallas cowboy thanksgiving day game with leon lett oh when he God, touched the ball I, did I you know that 30 years oh, ago God, already that was wonderful <laughs> what do you, henry henry you're that too young play. to remember that yeah i wasn't born oh, no. It's worth it finding so, it. it it's so worth obvious. finding it on Twitter. Trust me. Oh, I, I'm familiar with the play. It's 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 a legendary uh, <laughs> clip. But I'll tell you what. There's been a couple of, a couple of highlights today. As a matter of fact, there was a hail mary at the end of the first half of the Black Friday game today, and the Dolphins picked it off and took it back for a touchdown. I've never against, seen that before. Against the Jets. Yeah. No, oh, against the Jets. Well, that Leon Lett game that was 30 years ago. Uh, like I said, you weren't even, you weren't even born, Henry. You're, you're familiar with the play, George. I will get Henry. I'll give you another one. Um, I was at Super Bowl twenty seven at the Rose Bowl, Pasadena, sitting four rows from the field, whatever it was, when um, Leon let ran down the field and Frank Wright came and stripped the ball from him. At the, he 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 picked up a fumble. And he's running it back. He's like at the two-yard line, and, and Frank Wright was so frustrated that he ran up behind him and stripped the ball out from behind. I was, I was like right there. I could have spit and hit him if I wanted to. It was like, oh, and he's oh rumbling down the field. And you saw, you saw Frank Wright running with just amped up on frustration, and you could just see he was going to catch him. And Leon Lett had no idea that he was coming up behind him, and uh, he, he deprived him of a touchdown in the Super Bowl because he started dancing too soon. But, you know, but I, was all, so, you know I was also distracted because I was sitting next to that. some L.A. Laker cheerleaders. Wow. <laughs> that's, that's a fast – well, that's another add to the story I didn't expect. But you know what? That the People should be learning from Leon Lett about what not to do. College players should learn from that because I still see college players now that forget to go and you know, clear the end zone to get a touchdown, and they forget they dropped the ball early. I've seen that a couple times this year. I'm like, like fundamental. Now, um, but do you think I'm, I don't? I'm, I'm not a fan of the NFL anymore. Uh, Roger Goodell and his woke agenda. He wanted to put uh, Black Lives Matter on the field, and he chose not to do that because he saw ratings drop like seventy percent for the NBA when they put it on their courts. Of course, the next. And we all know Black Lives Matter. The organization is a scam, and they stole all the money. So the next year, the NBA didn't have it on their court again. But, you know, uh, Goodell just keeps pushing this woke agenda of his. And I just, you know, I, I had enough of it. I walked away from it a long time ago. And like I was at Super Bowl twenty eight the next year. I mean, I was a huge football fan. I walked away. I didn't go crawling back. Uh, the way so many other you see these people burning their jackets on the barbecue and things like that, and then all they had to do was go, you know, spend more money on another jacket because they all went crawling back because they really had nothing to do on Sundays. <laughs> I mean, George, why? Why are you? St- I mean, you're a big Bucks fan. Why? I mean, doesn't it annoy you with what the NFL has become? Well, it goes back to your conversation before the an hour before about free speech. Listen, when anything gets pushed against, you know, especially like American people, it's a pendulum swing. So we're going to push to one extreme. If you're asking if free speech is that, listen, it's always where the pendulum's going to swing back. So the blowback that came up on the NFL for doing all that stuff on the field and for letting the kneeling and all that going on, the same thing with the NBA, guess what? They stopped that. They don't, the, the, the fans didn't tolerate it. So, you know, both leagues had to respect their fans and say, you know what? 
They don't want to watch this. They don't want anything, anything like this in their sports. Just get it out of there or make it very subtle and just don't even pay attention. Like, I mean, yeah, NFL's a cash cut. Listen, they're not getting my money in terms of, like, the Sunday ticket or going to buy sets to the games. Like, I'm not doing that. If I buy even, you know, gear, it's a, a discounted on some website. So I'm watching the games. I'm with friends. But it's like I'm not some major supporter here going to the games regularly. No, I don't do that. Like, I'm – as being an FAU fan, I might support season tickets for my college program or where I went to school. That's where I put my money for sports. But okay, that's, that's fair. So, no. Support your alma mater. But the NFL offices have changed their Thanksgiving messages. It used to be faith, family, and football to just family and football now this year. It's like a slap in the face. Well, hey, it's the same thing if you go to the malls right now on Black Friday for shopping. There's nothing with red or green or Santa or Christmas or anything like that. It's all like, oh, it's uh, you know your gift. It's, it's your gift to give everyone. It's like they're just using like the basic, like, not even like the most generic of nothing to do with Christmas, just holidays. And you know what? People are not going to go out shopping for if you got a store that thinks they're just going to like just. We have to be so do gooder that we can't put anything Christmas related at all on the sign. So like, it's everything that's trying to get whitewashed like that. But didn't they learn their lesson from about 20 years ago when they removed Christmas from Christmas uh, during the shopping season? There was a big backlash. They got rid of store Santas. As you said, they got rid of the red and the green and and the Christmas, and they just want people shopping. And there was a huge backlash by it. There was companies that had put out memos, you can't say Merry Christmas. It was ridiculous. And then they all backed off because there was a huge backlash. I was living in Seattle at the time, but it was around 2003, so it was 20 years ago. And it was was the most ridiculous thing I'd ever seen. Of course, in Seattle, they embraced it. But, George, I want people, I want to um, talk about your your podcasts. That's plural, folks. George Hermita is the king of podcasts. Follow him on Twitter, at king of podcasts. Always a lot of content coming out. You got the Broadcasters podcast. You got the Braved and Debaucherous. You got the Wrestling is Real podcast, the one that started it all, what, 20 years yep. ago. And now you have the new one, the Podcasters Row uh, and you put out a new episode pretty much every week of each and every one of them. I don't know where you get the the energy. I, I asked you on the phone. You know, even your your podcast is row. How do you even track these people down? So, <clears throat> what's uh, what's what's the lay? Let's just go through them quickly. Uh, podcast is row. Who are you interviewing this week? So already this week, I have a couple episodes coming up. One is uh, called "Keep the Flame Alive." So, Jer Jarris, Alison Brown, they do coverage of the Olympics and Paralympics. When, you know, like if the Olympics come up in Paris next year, 2024, you know, you got to wait for like the networks like NBC to go and come on. Oh, like about three months before. Then they'll start talking about Olympics. But where do you else do you go if you want to talk about it? These two ladies actually been doing it for years and they actually get press credentials to the Olympic Games. They talk about it and talk with different guests on a and, regular basis. And they basis. cover only, so like, the spe- only the special Olympics. No, no. Uh, Olympics and Paralympics. So the ones with the paralyzed. Okay. Correct. And they do those on a regular basis. And then the other show I did is also a, well, it was a show that was, um, was a show called a San Francisco conservative. So one of the hosts is a, a journalist that worked as a producer in TV news, he, CNN, ABC, CBS. He worked for Charles Corral, Walter Cronkite, Diane Sawyer. You know, he worked for some pretty big names and his host, his co-host is a jazz musician. He's a professor. He's an author of several books, uh, essays. He's a San Francisco conservative. But, you know, the way you write conservative, of course, can be construed because he's from San Francisco. So they have a, co- a podcast to do together 
on YouTube that really just encompasses like more of like a philosophical kind of thing. So they kind of go back and look at, well, look at the Roman Empire was or what it was in, in Greece, you know, in early times and the learning from the tragedy of those empires falling and kind of replicating where history doesn't, you know, always doomed to repeat itself if those do not follow and listen to history. And that's what's happening again. So they just look at some of the comparisons there. They bring that across and just other things across the board that on both conversations, I mean, I was amazed by the Olympic stuff, but like this thing with the with just on politics, you know, I actually talked about on the interview, the 1965 Paul Harvey segment where you talked about if I were the devil. And I mentioned the point that is exactly what we're going to you know, the, with the with the woke agenda now, 1965, Paul Harvey, if I were the devil. That, he, pa- he paints a picture about, of what, what we're living do, now. Right? Devil, what would you change? Like, how would you change the schools? What would you put on TV? What would you make people think to indoctrinate and brainwash and completely just change the whole dynamic of a society? And that's what's happening in America. And you said it. That's that's pretty amazing that that many that many years ago. I want I want to move. wrestling. I gave you a hard time when you started your wrestling podcast, and George and I go way back. Um, yeah. I said to you, wrestling is fake, and you said to me, no, it's predetermined. <laughs> I still laugh well, about you know that. What? And, uh, and, hey, and, and all these what? years later, you're uh-huh. kicking butt with this wrestling podcast. Still, congratulations to you. The wrestling is real podcast. Um, what what's going on? I saw something on Twitter the other day. I remember I reposted it, but I can't remember what it was now. What was the latest episode? So, real quickly, I want to bring something else up real quick. But uh, one of the major stars now is uh, Jay Uso, and he decided to start, you know, criticizing the other companies that are not as big as the WWE because, you know, he's like, if everybody's talking about uh, the fans want to see all these dream matches, competition with other stars that are not in their company then why don't you just come to WWE and, and be a part of us? Because, you know, otherwise you're not, you're not the major leagues. You're not important. You're not, we're not going to recognize you. So that's the whole kind of comedy of thing. I wanted to make one thing real, uh, real quickly about, there's a movie coming out on Christmas Day called The Iron Claw. It's the story of the Von Eric family. If you want to know how real wrestling is to a family like that and to the fans, that movie's going to come out. And I'm telling you that story because of five brothers in that family, and four of them went into the wrestling business. Uh, four of them died, tragically. And then you're talking about other people that died around them. It was just, they were so loved, all these brothers so tightly knit together, you know, bonded by faith, bonded by family, and so many tragic things happened to them. And that movie, I'm okay, I can't wait to spend see it coming up. And well, you, you say, that um, it comes with real, real you, reality. Now, what was the name of the family? Oh, the Von Erich family, or the Atkinson family is the real name, but they were called the Von Erichs. That was their name, uh, going back to where the father was working in the 50s as this German, you know, soldier named Fritz Von Erich. And that was the whole idea. So post-World War One, he created this real bad guy character, and then he passed along the last that name to the rest of the family. Now, is this a movie or a documentary? Oh, yeah. No, it's a movie. And it's, uh, what, Zac Efron's in it, the, the guy that plays the, the bear on the FX show. And I forget who else, but like it's a pretty widespread cast, and it's you know it's going back to like the early late seventies, early eighties about this family and telling the whole story. Oh, okay. Well, that that'll be pretty cool to check out. Yeah, Zach Efron, he's pretty cool. I mean, once in out, he got himself straightened out, and he stopped. Uh, yeah, I think he, no. was, he was he was drinking, right? He's okay now, though. Yeah, but I'll tell you, if you look at what they look like, like all these guys, if you've ever seen them on TV, they all got jacked up. They all did training for wrestling. So, like, if you look at them, these guys that they're that they're playing. 
were like big, chiseled, muscle-bound, like good-looking guys. And you'll see this here, and I'm telling you, that movie is like, that's as real as wrestling gets. They're not the stuff that you see in WWE. Or what are you going to see at WrestleMania, Philadelphia, Lincoln Financial Field next year? Nothing like that. We're talking about like families and this, like just their livelihood. This is what they care about. And the fans that care about them so much, that's what wrestling always meant to me. That's why I say wrestling too. Um, did you like the movie, The Wrestler with Mickey Rourke? It's been a few years now, but did you like that? Was that, a, was that, a, was that an accurate depiction? I mean, there's a lot of things to go with it. I think I forget it. That was, I think it was based on a real wrestler, but it was not you know, like a popular wrestler. It was just one that was, that was working through the ranks and, and got some popularity, but not anything that was really big, but I thought Mickey Rourke did a really good job. Yeah, I thought it was good. Okay, hold on. Hold that thought. We got to take a quick break. Our special guest, George Hermita, at King of Podcasts on Twitter, kingofpodcasts.com. You're listening to the Rich Zioli Show. My name is Lou Pay, 1210 WPHD. The Zioli Show on your schedule from Talk Radio 1210 WPHD in the free Odyssey app. Welcome back to the Rich Zioli Show. I hope the Zioli Army is enjoying today's broadcast. Rich will be back. On Monday, our special guest, George Hermida, he's at King of Podcasts on Twitter, and you can um, follow him there and, of course, go to his website, uh, kingofpodcasts.com. Henry, our producer, is here. He's doing an excellent job. We're going to be talking about Dolly Parton in a second, but, George, during the break, Henry and I were talking, and he was talking about your alma mater, FAU, making it to the Final Four uh, last year. I mean, Henry's a stockpile of sports information that's more appealing to you than it is to me. I love college basketball. I'll just say that. I I love the sport. My favorite. Are they going back this year, George? I mean, I think they have. Well, they they, everybody came back except for one player that graduated. I mean, I think it was a couple of players was Elijah Martin and one other player tried to go ahead and uh, see if they could make it into the NBA draft. They tried to enter, but... And did not go into, did not get selected. So they went back and played another year. But that's what happens. I, you know what it is for college basketball for me for the longest time. Once they started changing the rules about how soon a player could go ahead and go into the draft and not even play, you know, two or three years of college, that was when I kind of lost interest in college basketball for a while because when they changed that rule, and you're telling me that okay, so high school should go out and play in the draft or only one year of eligibility and you can go right to the draft. That was where I just kind of like lost the interest. It was a little too much. And I watched in the nineties. Listen, I watched Duke and Michigan and, you know, UNLV and all those players, but FAU right now coming in, of course, with my school coming in there, I'm, I can see them going back to the final four. I can see them going back the conference they're in right now. They could run the table. I mean, they, they, the schedule looks good for them. It's just what they're doing right now, who they're playing, especially in the tournament that Penn State was in. Obviously, Penn State lost, but, you know, the other teams in that tournament were pretty tough. And FAU is not not rolling over teams right now. Even today, they did have a little bit of trouble, but they were going to be able to go and pull ahead. But, you know, it wasn't where Texas A&M couldn't come back on them. Like, they they already had a loss this year in non-conference. Like, so, they're not going to – maybe they'll be a little more humble this year, but they have – a real itching to get back because the way they lost last year was on the last play. And, you know, they should have gotten to the final four. They really felt like that. And now they got a chip on their shoulder. So I see them going back. Uh, Henry, you agree from what you told me during the break, right? Yeah. You think they got a good shot? Oh, totally. I mean, returning everybody 
makes it so much easier. And you have dudes like Elijah Martin, John L. Davis, Vlad Golden yep. that make things so much easier. And when you have, you know, a bench that just never ends, you got 12, 13 dudes that can pick up and play any night, you can just get out there and run. So, yeah, it's, for them it's about not being complacent. And I think they're a little complacent when they lost to uh, Bryant last week, just saying, oh, we'll come, it's Bryant, we'll come in and uh, we'll kick the crap out of him. And that that's not ended up what happened. So, I think if they if they take that loss internalize it a little bit and use that as fuel the rest of the way, they can uh, they can run the non conference schedule. They can uh, beat you know beat the champ beat, uh, win the championship of this tournament they're in. It's either going to be Virginia Tech or a uh, or Iowa State. They'll play tomorrow, so we'll see about that. Um, and then they moved to the American Conference this year, which you know they lost a, they lost a couple heavy hitters and like Houston and stuff. So it, it could be theirs for the taking. It could be theirs for the taking. They could go into the tournament again with another great record, get a really high seed, and from there, who knows? But you know, a good losing. And I'll say FAU uh, as well. They don't. They didn't have a starter this week. That was uh, down with an injury, and one of the really good backups that is always playing a lot of minutes. They didn't have them this time because they're both both sick. So FAU also come with a little less of their ammunition going to the game. Yeah. But George Henry going losing early and in a non conference game, that might be a good wake up call because going in going into the tournament, you always get the, the you know, one of the number one, number two seeds gets the Cinderella story, they get kicked out early because, as you said, Henry, rightfully so, they get complacent and they look past them. That might be a good learning experience that didn't cost them too much, non-conference, I mean, early in the season. What do you guys think? Yeah, well, part totally. of it's also with... Uh, go ahead. No, no, you got it. You got it. It's your school. No, so... Uh, <laughs> only because with, with college football, the one thing I'll say is that college basketball has a set where... You have to have such a good record, and just to go and make it to those 64 brackets, to get in there, you have to have – you just can't play your conference and think you're going to do well. You have to have those serious tournaments, like for FAU. They also play at Master Square Garden for the Jimmy V Classic coming up later in the uh, Christmas time. All those tournament games, all that ahead of time before the conference, uh, you know, at the start of the year, everybody has to play tough teams. The same thing right now with college football – where if you're going to get that playoff, it's going to be now 12 teams down the line. You want to be one of those 12 teams. You have you just can't play the normal schedule that you did, and maybe once in a while you might take a game that might be called a body bag game, but then you get upset. No, now you actually have to play real competition. You have to actually schedule that competition. That only makes the sport better on football and basketball. Hey, Henry, I like that you give him the legacy courtesy there. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Very classy. I, I, like I like that. I like what George is saying, too. I mean, it's a, it's an iron sharpens iron mentality right now in this non-conference. I mean, you yeah. got to build your resume in order, you know, if, say, if they don't win the American Conference, you know, they have a good at-large resume to go to go with it to get back into the tournament and be a high seed. So, yeah, you want you want to play these games right now. You want to win these games right now, and it'll be better in the long run. It'll just serve you better come March. All right, well said. Hey, I want to move on, guys. Uh, Dolly Parton, 77 years old, probably uh, drove uh, Eagles fans crazy yesterday by coming out uh, the halftime show uh, dressed as a Dallas Cowboy cheerleader. I, you know, I got to say, she looks good in the pictures, but I don't know. I look, I like my women older, too. I'll, I'm, I'm not one of these guys who's going to go for the trophy wife. I like, I like women much older than me. But this was even a bit much for me. George, what, what do you, where, where are you at on this? Well, first, wait, before you give your opinion on Dolly, it's like 
it's Thanksgiving Day. They never even used to have NFL games on Thanksgiving Day until about 30-some-odd years ago. Now, all of a sudden, they're having halftime shows like it's the Super Bowl. Isn't it a little bit overdone? All I can say is Dolly Parton, well, she for her age, she didn't embarrass herself. I think what she came out, how she was dressed, this is what everybody's talking about. It's just everybody was talking about in the media. So she looked good in the pictures. Like, said, I didn't see it live. Oh. She, but she, she didn't embarrass herself. That's a very excellent point. But she, um, I don't. I just, I. She's still got that. She's she still got that great rack, though. I got to tell you that, man. No. And what was it? Johnny Carson said that a million dollars a peek under there. But anyways, <laughs> uh, but I'll tell you, Dolly. She didn't necessarily go ahead and go stretching herself out to sing. She did Jolene. She did nine to five. And you know what? She did fine, and you, you can tell. Listen, she's older. It's like she's holding onto the platform right behind her to make sure she doesn't fall. So, like, she's just there. You can tell she's limited, but she's working with the limitations. She's accentuating the positives. The negatives is not much out there. And honestly, you know, she got the better halftime show because what the rapper Jack Harlow he did a performance, and everybody's panicking because it was like coming out of an igloo or something like that in the middle of the field, and he's just doing his rap. There's like there's no dancers, there's nothing else around. Dolly Parton's got dancers. She's got a pyro. She's got all this going on. Pomp, you know, it's just, I don't know. But Dolly Parton does, she still performs. She has an album coming out that there's like all the reason for her to go out. And she did really well. And God bless her, man. I can't believe she can still do so well. You know, listen, she's got, it's about what, five, six sec, uh, decades of music? Because it goes back to the 60s. Yeah, go back. Um, I will say this, though. Um, she did promote the vaccine and criticize people who didn't get the vaccine. So I, I got to hold that against her. But she did look good in the pictures. And I will say this about Dolly. Um, my girlfriend works for an advertising agency that a few years ago used Dolly Parton in a big ad campaign. And she came on the, on the set and filmed the commercial. And she was just cool, laid back, like a regular person, no A-list attitude, no special demands, treated everybody with respect. So yeah, I, I appreciate her from hearing those stories from behind the scenes. But uh, Henry, do you think she would do, you, do you, does it bother you she was dressed as a Dallas Cowboy? You as an Eagles fan, I'm guessing, I right? Mean, yeah, of course. But <laughs> what am I supposed to do about that? I mean, we weren't the ones playing on Thanksgiving, but... Uh, <laughs> Man, 77. She looks great for 77. She, she looks great in the picture. She she, I, was, I was just a little... She looks great in the picture, and I'm, and I'm happy that they covered her legs with, like, some little white legging thing there under the shorts. So Oh, stockings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she had, she had white exactly. stockings on and things like... In the pictures... She she looked incredible, and I'm I, I listen. I'm probably getting in trouble, but man, that rack. Johnny Carson give a million. I, I wish I had a million to give. I would. Well, that's also change for inflation. That was like 1970 something or others. Was oh, so I got to give ten million now. I got to give ten million. We're talking we're talking Zioli money there. You know, I can't give ten million dollars. <laughs> Um, uh, I thought, was oh, gonna, oh, actually, I thought you were going to say Dom Geronimo money, more like it. Don, you know, Don Geronimo, please. He, that guy has his first dollar, Dom. God, Dom, 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 it's not called Dom time. It's called Dom's dime. <laughs> oh, oh, Henry, ed- edit that out, Henry. <laughs> now nah, leave it in. Uh, un- unbelievable. I, you know, uh, I just think the end, I, you know, I'm sour on the NFL, so I can't say anything good about the NFL, but 
the weekend after Thanksgiving for me was never really about the NFL. It was when I was into football, it was always about college football because this is the weekend of the rivalry games. You got the Gators versus FSU, which is big down here. You obviously have Ohio State, uh, Michigan, and so on and so forth. Uh, down the road, it's almost like the NFL is trying to steal their thunder of the the football weekend of rivalries. Or am I just being biased, guys, because I'm sour on the NFL these days? George, what do you think? Uh, you know, go ahead, Henry. Uh, well, I was just I, I think it might be. You. Yeah. I think it might be a little biased there. I, <laughs> I, I think the NFL just uh, saw an opportunity to make money again, and they're like, "Oh, let's take Black Friday." I mean, there was only. One really big rivalry game last night. It was the Egg Bowl between Ole Miss and Mississippi State, and that was a snooze fest too. I basically <laughs> fell asleep. The Egg Bowl. Yeah. So, so yeah, I don't think it's you know crazy for them to play on Black Friday if they're playing you know tomorrow. Then we'd have a problem. Oh, if they schedule the Saturday game, okay, all right. So, uh, but then again, you you can't. Uh, I think what you you had to did you need the pre you didn't need the premium for yesterday was, you need the premium for t- you need the prime for today or something right to what, it wasn't it wasn't on network today was it i don't think it was no it was, was on it? prime it was on prime okay uh, okay unbelievable all right um so two two votes for dolly i'll give a vote for dolly but i just you know yeah okay <laughs> wait Oh, by the way, I meant to say Dom Giordano. I know I said that completely wrong because I'm not from Philadelphia, so I apologize to the fans up there. Please. Uh, By the way, one one more thing about Dolly Parton. When you talk about how she she was the one that also took the vaccine. But you know what? After all these years, and they're always trying to put her on the spot of stuff, and for the most part, she's been pretty, like, keeping herself out of everything. But you know what? After a while, it's like, I don't know how much more fire or artillery does she have to go through constantly from the media to try to have to go and talk about something because i think she's tried her best to not put herself out there with a political stance she's always tried to stay out of it but what are you going to do right yeah well oh by by the way you made me say dom geronimo instead of don giordano i apologize that's, too. I, that's on me i didn't that's even realize it i was i didn't even realize it dom giordano so um I, and i should have known better because i know the name i should have um, known better every time i come yeah, on dom I, giordano I, money Right. Dom Giordano, my Dom time. And I, I always joke because WPHT just will never hire me. It, it's, it's, it's become a running joke. I've been here since 06. My first fill-in for WPHT was for Dom Giordano when he was on 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. That's, that's, that's how long. And then he's bounced around the different time slots, and now he's got the um, the nice noon to three, the old rush slot. So, uh, commendation to him, congratulations to him. But yeah, he was, and they were using me a lot to fill in for Dom. Believe it or not, he actually took a day off or two back then, and I don't think he's taken a day off pretty much since 2006, has he, Henry? <laughs> oh no, he's here all the time. Uh, so it's it's an amazing run. So uh, we tip we tip our hat to him, but we do tease him. But that but now, if you say his name wrong, um, George, get you know, the name he's right. T O M. Yeah, he's Italian, you know, so just, just <laughs> you might send Cousin Vito to ask you how you're doing. Listen, we'll take a quick break. We'll come back. Our special guest, George Hermita, King of Podcasts, at King of Podcasts on Twitter, kingofpodcasts.com. Check it out. It's got four different podcasts going. Producer Henry's taking part in the conversation, and a wealth of information on a lot of things. The conversation continues here, 1210 WPHT, on the Rich Zioli Show. Thanks for listening to the Zioli Show podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the Odyssey app.
Welcome back to the Rich Zioli Show. Lou Pate here with you, along with our special guest, George Hermida. He is at King of Podcasts on Twitter, kingofpodcasts.com. He's got four different podcasts going. We're talking football. We're talking Dolly's boobs. We're talking a lot of different things. We're talking NCAA basketball, football, uh, basketball, which delayed us tonight. So um, we lost an hour and 20 minutes, but it's it's okay. We'll give up anything for Penn State. But uh, just... Uh, I'm going to start this quick. Just yes or no, both George, George first you. Do, you. do you watch regular TV at all? No. Uh, there's no cable. Nothing on network TV. Okay. Uh, ha- maybe Magnum PI, only because my father watches them. The new, the, the reboot or the old? The reboot. Yeah. Oh, God. Okay. All right. All right. Thanks for being on the show. Thanks for being on the show, Georgia. We got to go now. Oh, Henry, I, I shouldn't say do you, watch, do you watch TV? Do you watch cable TV as Georgia uh, better said? I mean, like for sports and maybe like Sports Center on ESPN, but uh, no, not right. all. I, I rarely, I mean, I watch TV. If I'm on the treadmill, I'll, I'll watch Ancient Aliens, which is a favorite show of mine. That's like on a history channel. But otherwise, it's all streaming because you want to watch what you want to watch when you watch it. And I can even watch Ancient Aliens you know, on demand, but uh, everything's streaming, Netflix, Hulu, all of that. But um, television ratings have been going down. They've actually been collapsing for a decade, okay? Uh, the weekend's Las Vegas Grand Prix was supposed to be the biggest Formula One race yet, but the event, it's been a mess, and uh, the TV ratings for the sport are actually falling, but we've talked a lot of football. We talked Dolly dressed as a Dallas Cowboy cheerleader, halftime shows. Live TV has been collapsing for a decade, but Americans are watching a lot more football. Interesting, after the knee scandal and uh, all the different scandals, as, as Roger Goodell has done as much as he can to drive the fans away, they're watching more now than ever. George, why is that? You're the media guy. Well, remember the last time I came on here? I think Taylor Swift might have a little bit to do with that. <laughs> <laughs> you think hey, people are watching more football because of uh, uh, Kelsey and Swift and the Kansas City Chiefs? Oh, I think there's some other things that go with it. By the way, i got to ask you this because it's NFL-related. Have you heard the the song, uh, The Fairytale of Philadelphia, that got sung by Travis and Jason Kelsey? Have you heard that yet? I have not. Have you, Henry? I'll be honest. I haven't listened to it yet. No. So there's. I have song, to be honest. I haven't. Yet, I have not even heard of it. You've heard of it, Henry? Oh yeah. I mean, this is their uh, their second year. Uh, the Eagles are releasing a Christmas album, and uh, oh, is that the did this song? Did that the one I saw a headline? The brothers had shot to number one or something. Yeah, the, the it's it like a little Irish jig kind of. Okay, thing. I yeah. did hear. But I did like, hear about it. Yes. Okay. I did not hear it though. It's a cover of the. It's a cover of the song for the folks uh, featured Christopher Call called. Fairy tale of New York, and there's both brothers that got in. It's really, really good. It's in one of my playlists on uh, on, on my Spotify right now. It's actually really good if you get a shift to hear. <laughs> um, Hen- Henry, I'd almost tell you to cue it up and play it out. There it is. Way ahead of you. Thank you. Good producer. It's Christmas Eve again, and the drunk tank. An old man said to me, won't see another one. And then he sang a song, the rare 
I'd love to hear the room. We're running out of time here, guys. Um, okay, let me ask you guys this. Is is it is it supposed to be campy and bad? I don't know. I think they actually put a real effort into it. It is it's kind oh, of tongue-in-cheek, but I effort. think they did a good job. Who's that singing no, in the beginning? The is, that, is that Jason like that. or Travis Kelsey? Which brother is it in the beginning? Do you know? Either one of you? The gruffier one's Jason. Yeah, it's And Travis it. is like the more softer-spoken. Oh, okay. But I will tell you this, Henry. Last time George came on, he starts, uh, he, he, I don't know, uh, Taylor Swift's name came up, but he starts coming out with all these Taylor Swift. He even did what, Scooter, what's, his, what's the, the uh, agent that you, you were talking oh, about? Scooter Braun. I, I'll just, Scooter listen, Braun. This is before the Travis Kelsey romance, Henry, and I'm just going to say that um, George knew a little bit too much about Taylor Swift. I think he's a closet <laughs> Swifty. I think he's a Swifty, and he, just, he has not come out yet. It's okay if you are. The 1989 album is actually a good album, so... <laughs> I will tell you that. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't own any of the albums, but listen, I. I think she. Listen, I can't. I can't help but respect the girl. She's great. She's she smart, smart and businesswoman, and talented, and yeah, she and she's hot. And Travis <laughs> is, is following helps. her to art. Travis is following her to South America to her concerts and all this stuff. Like, come on, it's like on his week off. Oh, I want to. I want to make clear that it was a bye week because we we don't need the haters yeah, yeah. starting to send emails. <laughs> It was on a bye week. <laughs> hey, uh, um, uh, Henry, good or bad, uh, uh, Taylor Swift for for the NFL, for the Chiefs? What do you think? Oh, I mean, the NFL loves it. I mean, they're showing her you know, at the game every five seconds. I mean, But now they're saying, like, if she's not there and they happen to lose, they're, they're saying that's the reason. That's not true. <laughs> they just have – got to lose sometime. I mean, 72 Dolphins was a long time ago. That's not happening. It, it is a, very coincidental. <laughs> I will say that much. <laughs> Then the poor guy fumbled a Monday night football. Yeah. Oh gosh! And I was like, oh, this is. When I saw that, I was like, oh, this this poor guy. He's they're gonna really. And she wasn't there. Oh, shush. unbelievable. 
Unbelievable. So, but anyway, um, back to this. So, I, you know, like I said, most, but most people just stream, right? Because you want to watch this show, that show, a movie. You're in the mood for a stand-up com comedy. You're in the mood for a dark comedy. You're in the mood for a drama. You want to watch, you know, one of those, The Crown. You want to watch one of those type of things. Just watch it when you feel like it. You're technically still watching TV, but I think most people stream because it's just convenient. Uh, quickly, George, what do you say? Fifteen seconds, we got. Well, remember when it comes to uh, so like Monday Night Football, the Eagles game they had, you know, against the Chiefs, thirty million people watched it. But that was also on network, on cable, on streaming across the board. But people they go, still get they by watch. Way to watch it. They watch though; they're there. Hey, George, we got to leave it there. I'm sorry, this hour went yeah. so fast. Uh, George Hermita at King of Podcasts, KingofPodcasts.com. Thank you again for your time. Henry, uh, special thanks to you. Uh, excellent job as producer, as always, when we work together. I appreciate it. Rich is lucky to have you. And tell Stalker I said you need a raise. Uh, <laughs> you both have a great weekend. George, again, thank you for coming on. Henry, thanks for a great job. Rich, thanks for trusting me with your show. You are listening to 1210 WPHT. Have a great weekend, everybody. Rich Zioli, weekday afternoons, 3 to 7. Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. And on the free Odyssey app. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.